Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at film, technology, pop culture, Black Swan, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I'm Shannon Miller, the creative and inclusion editor here at Adweek. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, community editor, Luz, Cl- Luz Corona. Hello, Luz. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friend. How are you? Oh, I, I just don't know. <laughs> Everything... <laughs> You know what? Same. Same. (laughs) I think everybody this week. (laughs) Everything in me is just so ready for the long weekend. It's just... Yes. I mean, it's already September? Yeah, I know. I just... I've been waiting to uh, upload a September calendar on my fridge since like mid-August. So, (laughs) you know, this month is going to be crazy. (laughs) It really, really is. And it's definitely a time, um, I think, towards the end of the year where... A lot of us are kind of like nearing the end of our, you know, well of energy. Like it's kind of like everything's kind of like winding down, building up that like want to be creative and that like desire to be creative gets tougher and tougher. Um, But there are um, agency folks that are doing very, very interesting things to sort of keep that well running. And we have a very special guest with us today to talk a little bit about an experience that she got to cover. Joining us is European creativity editor, Brittany Kiefer. Brittany, hi. Hi, thank you for having me. So glad you could join us. So this story that we um, brought you on to talk about today <laughs> took off like a bullet. Like I have not seen anything take off that quickly in quite some time. And it's because there was a really, really interesting story at the heart of it. The article is titled, titled why an ad agency's creative department spent 2,500 billable hours learning ballet. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. Yeah. <laughs> hell, of a, hell of a headline. <laughs> I have so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> yeah, so well, it's not quite Black Swan, but it is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find out about it first and foremost? 
So I met the leadership team of the Danish agency Enco when we were over in Cannes, and they just happened to mention that they had just wrapped up six months of ballet training. And I was like, sorry, what? Can, can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> Casual. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, their entire creative department spent the first half of 2022 taking ballet lessons. And they didn't do this on the weekends or after work hours. They did it every Friday afternoon. They'd leave the office. Everyone in the agency was told no, no meetings with the creative department during this time. And they rented out a studio and took ballet lessons from a professional choreographer. And then they performed at the end at Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen in their open air theater, which is one of the most famous stages in Europe. So no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a there's a cool video um, in the article too that kind of summarizes the experience, which, you know, the first thing I thought of aside from like the 10 million questions I have for you (laughs) is it's really it's so like Obviously, of course, the creative agency who's doing this is going to capture behind the scenes footage and use that. Um, so that was really interesting, too. And I'm curious to hear what you guys thought when you first saw the the video. It's a fun video. I mean, I loved seeing the shots that the creatives took in their homes of them kind of feeling frustrated and like struggling to practice. And um, yeah, it was a definite, definitely an interesting exper- experiment that they all went through together. <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more, not pushback per se. Well, yeah, pushback because that's a very, that is a very different, <laughs> different uh, ask outside of like your daily routine. Yeah, and <laughs> to to do one that's going to be so physically, you know, strenuous because ballet is no joke whatsoever. And then to I think to get to that place, you kind of have to admit that you've like hit a wall, right? And I think that that would be really hard for creatives to be like, okay, something, not necessarily saying like something isn't working, but like, hey, we obviously need to push past some sort of barrier, I think would be kind of like difficult to admit before you take this very interesting journey. Yeah, I think it's a really scary and vulnerable thing that they agreed to do. And I Mm -hmm. asked Ola Hoffman, who's an art director and partner at the agency, and it was kind of his idea, him and his colleague, Peter. So this started from an interesting place. Like, I think like a lot of creatives, they were feeling kind of burnt out and like kind of missing that creative spark that is the bread and butter of this industry um, after the pandemic and months of remote working. And they had this idea, like, what if we did something really outside of our comfort zones to push ourselves and kind of train the creative muscle, as they said, because there is a lot of research saying that you can train that muscle, that it is something that can be improved. So some research shows that if you do something outside your normal routine, it can reignite these creative juices. So they thought, what's the strangest, most uncomfortable thing that we could all do together? No one in the department is a dancer. Let's just learn ballet. (laughs) Uh, I mean, personally, I quit ballet lessons when I was three. I think it's really difficult. (laughs) You took a stand at three? Yeah. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Uh, It is not in my natural gifts. Um, He had a really good quote. He said, we needed to put ourselves in deep water, and the deepest water we could find is ballet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. yeah. 
I love it. I wonder if that's the line that he used when he mar- like went into the CEO's office yeah. and was like, you know, we gotta we gotta do something and we gotta do ballet. Yeah, and I also <laughs> loved the leadership team's reaction to this because I think in most companies, if you went in there and you said, we're gonna use work time, time that we normally spend on our clients to learn ballet, most CEOs or managing directors would be like, absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. Do this on the weekends. But the CEO said, he just loved it. And he said, Oh, it fe- he told me it felt exactly like a good idea should it felt stupid and totally useless. <laughs> 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 Which I think is like touching on the fact that when you're a creative, you have to come up with original ideas. And at mm-hmm. first that idea may sound impossible or may sound stupid, but together as a department, as a team, you can improve that, but you have to take a risk. That's exactly what Ola said. We have to take risks as creatives. And this is a way to kind of train our courage, as he said. And that's a killer reflection of um, leadership. Yeah. Like doing something that like, you know, ultimately is thinking in terms of like how this could possibly be executed. I don't see it necessarily making money for the agency in that moment. I mean, it could possibly be a great um, advertisement to potential clients be like, oh, they're willing to do anything mm-hmm. to um, keep things nice and creative. But ultimately, I really like that this idea of an agency just truly investing in their creatives in this way mm. and saying like, so this isn't going to make us, you know, any coin immediately, but this is going to be something that can help you be a better creative and like help you tap, you know, a different layer of your creativity. I think investing in your uh, team in that way shows really, really good leadership. And I, I, I don't know. I love stuff like this. I love that there is like an option to do something outside of like a, I don't know a writing retreat or something that like really, really pushes on like productivity at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't know about you. But if I'm feeling stuck, like writing something, I find that if you go for a walk or a run, or you do something different, like cook or, you know, any other kind of activity that's not using your typical um, brain waves, like you can come back to that idea and feel refreshed. And the professor they spoke to said that having fun can enhance creative ideas, but also doing something outside your routine, outside your comfort zone can kind of change the way that your mind works. But it's an interesting conundrum, I think, for the creative industry, because a lot of businesses, they're obviously driven by profit. So they're not willing to take this kind of risk or this time out to nurture their creative talent. And creative Mm -hmm. talent doesn't just have to be in a creative department. It can be anywhere in the business. But I think very few businesses would be willing to put their money where their mouth is and say, okay, you need this or you need this time away from the billable hours to actually nurture yourself as a creative person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, we're talking like, I just wanted to see the look on finance team's face yeah. when they got this too. Like, I'm just so curious. Um, but more than anything, you know, um, I, I was just thinking personal experience. Like, what if the ad week team was approached and we're like, you know, how do you guys feel about ballet? Who's not in? You know, like, so did 
Ole, talk about the team mentality. Was there any stage fright knowing that there was going to be a big performance at the end of this? Like, were people hesitating? Like, did people think this was stupid? You know, what was like the team, the general team consensus? Can you give any light on that? Yeah, I asked him, I said, well, how did you convince everyone in the department to do this? This is absurd. (laughs) And he said, like, we kind of tricked them into doing it. So we went into a room with everyone and we said, okay, who is not will who does not want to be part of the ballet company and no one raised their hand because they didn't it was like FOMO like they didn't want to be like the odd one out to say no I don't want to do it and so they all went on this journey together which I think is um it makes sense that they said later on it improved how they worked together because it was this this you know solidarity and like knowing that when you're performing this ballet like one person out of step or out of sync can kind of like mess up the whole dance so you all really have to work closely together and they also said like early on in the training the the choreographer said to them you can't fake this like you have to have I mean the quotes are so funny but you have to have the music and the dance in your bodies and they you know knowing they had to perform on a stage at the end of it they realize like we can't you know we can't like do this half-heartedly we have to show up every single week and really commit to it Oh, yeah, if you're going to be on an open-air stage, you better (laughs) try your damnedest. I love the part of the video. There's always a part in, like, these missions where you just think, like, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. And so I love the one guy going, um, you know, Daniel's out. (laughs) Everything's falling apart in the end. Because this is, like, blistering work. So it's it's... Like I said, if you're going to choose anything, like start. Sm- no, no, let me not offend anybody. I'm like, start small, like yeah. you know. <laughs> but and, and, you know, I guess depending on who you're talking about or who you're talking to, anything could be small or big. But just it wouldn't occur to me to be like ballet. <laughs> like this is yes. a safe. <laughs> this is a safe activity for everybody. <laughs> surely. What's really funny is the performance. So they did it at Tivoli Gardens and the open air stage there is kind of famous for having Mm -hmm. performances from dancers all over the world. And but they only invited their friends and family and colleagues to come to this. But then because it was kind of towards the end of the day, and a lot of tourists were leaving the park, people were just stopping like, oh, what's about to happen here? So ended up being like hundreds of people, including a lot of random people they didn't know, showed up for the performance. (laughs) performance <laughs> I mean, that's the risk. yeah <laughs> hey there podcast fam are you ready to break free from the social media rut hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you meet viral growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence whether you're a personal brand or a company they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level with viral growth forget about those endless hours of video editing they handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. 
I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know, being on that stage, if I were like one of the graphic designers, I would just be like, how did I end up here? But, (laughs) you know, echoing Shannon's thoughts, I think it is incredibly refreshing to just take an activity and laugh at yourself and then also work towards something. You know, my my question here is, I was thinking the whole time, one of the many questions when I first started hearing about this story, um, how did they measure success? So Brittany, you said that they felt better afterwards, you know, like working together and everything. And then I think they won agency of the year, right? Did Yeah, that happened separately. And I think before they even did this, or maybe it happened while they were in training. I think what's refreshing about it is that they didn't go into this like as if they were doing a campaign where they had certain measures of success. And what's our ROI? Like, it was a weird experiment that they thought, we might not get anything out of this. Um, but let's see what happens. And just anecdotally, they say that since since they finished the training and did the performance, they do notice that they're working together in a different way, that the team is kind of more tightly bonded together because there was a wide range of you know ages and backgrounds in the department. And I think my favorite thing that they said was that it created this bond of trust with them. And that's really important in any kind of creative culture or any kind of creative pursuit. Like you have to, I always think for advertising creatives, that's such a vulnerable position because you have to put yourself forward for these creative reviews and have your work criticized and, you know, something as vulnerable as a creative idea can just be ripped apart or changed. So it created this trust between all of them, which is really crucial because it there's this atmosphere now of if you have an idea that you might think is stupid or something you want to add or say, you can say it because this is a safe space. Like, we all just humiliate ourselves on a stage as ballet dancers. Like, you know, you can say anything you want here. And I think that's really important. And it's kind of the elusive ingredient that a lot of companies are seeking when they're trying to create work. It's the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's starting at like the same level, which is like a huge, can be like a huge factor in, in like team building too. Like sometimes there's some environments where you're still just, you could be working there for like three years and still feel incredibly intimidated. Yeah. Um, just based on like the level of seniority and the level of talent in that room. But if you have this like, like, extreme team building where it's like hey we're doing something where we all suck yeah they said that they said that's exactly why they chose ballet because no one had any experience everyone would be bad at it (laughs) so it had to be something that everyone was equally inexperienced so what do you feel was like the greatest takeaway for other agencies that may be looking at this story and figuring out how they can sort of boost the creativity on their own teams I think that, like I said, it's it's creating that trust, but you don't have to do something as absurd as train and ballet for six months. Like agencies talk so much about culture, 
which is important. But if you don't have that basic foundation of one, paying your employees, not overworking them, but also creating these safe spaces where there isn't a very clear hierarchy of like, this is the person who's the big talent in the room, like creating these rooms and spaces where people feel safe to take a risk creatively, say things that they might, you know, seem think seems weird or or to make a mistake or to fail like that I think is what's really important in creative businesses because then people will feel they can push themselves and kind of go outside their normal routines to make something that could end up being really special I love that especially <clears throat> coming from agency side something and, and it's, it's popped up on voice a little bit um where it's very it was very common to see creatives feeling burnt out just because mm-hmm. in an agency setting you're getting you're on pitch teams you are getting requests from the client to you know what about this big moment how could we jump on this big moment and then you have to work on the whole like can't another campaign. So this is this is really refreshing to see. And it's just also really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And am, am I right, Brittany, in that this is kind of like the kickoff to a series that you're doing called Spark? Yeah, I'm hoping it will be. I mean, the bar is set pretty high with a story about ballet. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm really interested in how businesses are trying to reignite or foster creativity within them, because it's something that you know, we're called the it's called a creative industry, but it can seem really elusive. And everyone is talking about burnout and, you know, the the great migration or whatever, whatever term we're using. Resignation. Now, like, yeah, resignation. Yes. <laughs> um, people move people leaving their jobs, not feeling satisfied. So how does a company actually uh, foster that creativity? Have you done anything unusual or outside the box to do that? And I'd love to hear your stories if you have. So how can agencies reach out to you to tell their own stories? You can email me. So it's uh, it's on the website, but it's brittany.kiefer at adweek.com. Lovely. Awesome. My final question to the both of you is, what is the strangest thing you've done to spark creativity within yourself? Mm, the strangest thing. Luz, you go first. Oh. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Brittany. (laughs) Um, Man, the strangest thing. Okay, I have some go-tos. They're not strange, though, but it's mainly just taking a step away and taking a little break. So whether it be watching watching like a funny TV show or it used to be like going for a run, just listening to music, um, super boring. This is why I'm not an ACD on agency side. But uh, (laughs) just like stepping away and just doing something completely unrelated to work. Um, But I can add ballet dancing to the list for next time. Like after I pop out this kid, I don't know. (laughs) What about you, Brittany? Yeah, mine is is similar. Like I think the most important thing is to do something that's outside your normal routine, but that could be as simple as like, walking a different route into work or like watching a film that you normally wouldn't watch or I think stuff like that can just make you think about things in a different way um but yeah I don't know that I'd be brave enough to try ballet dancing as an adult (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to hear Shannon Shannon I feel like you got some kind of story like what is your go or what's the weirdest thing you've done oh god no it's like I never do anything like terribly strange I always end up like 
the big writer's joke is like if you walk into a writer's uh, home and it's like spotless, it's like, oh, they must be on deadline. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. they're not. <laughs> we are famous for doing everything except what we're supposed to be doing when we just are in like a rut. But I tend to turn to baking hmm. whenever oh. like I hit like a big thing. I try to bake something new. <laughs> I have yet to like really perfect anything. Like everything just like... <laughs> always gets a little bit close but not quite where it's supposed to be like it's like because cookies are extremely hard to make if you're trying to find like a very specific consistency um yeah i don't know if 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 because i'm so like close but no cigar when it comes (laughs) to baking i don't know if it's just like if i exert all of my try hard in this and it's still like not perfect it'll be fine and then I just yeah. go and move on to my writing. <laughs> it tends to like unclog. It's it's very, very interesting. What's the best thing you've ever baked? I did a bourbon. It was like a peach bourbon uh, bread, uh, bread pudding. Oh. Wow. You must have had a cover story to write or something. <laughs> oh, that is like. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> You know it. That yeah. sounds amazing and like a tremendous feat. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was grueling. I was like, this is delicious. I am never making this again. <laughs> That's the, awesome. And then I finished the story the next day. So see, see? It, it all comes wow. together. But Britt, thank you so much for joining us and giving us this really cool story. I cannot wait to read your next Spark story and we will bring you, you on again there as well. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been fun to talk about. Yeah. And Luz, as always, thank you for being an amazing co-captain. Oh my gosh. Right back at you, girl. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.